Welcome to the Econ Dev Show. We explore the strategies, ideas, and insights that are driving economic development forward into the future. You'll hear new insights from passionate EDs about their successes and struggles. And you'll learn from attraction and retention experts about how to apply actionable strategies inside your EDO. We'll help take your organization, your community, and your career to the next level. Here's your host, Dane Carlson. Thank you for listening to the Econ Dev Show. My name is Dane Carlson, and I'm your host. My guest today is Josh Meha, the Executive Director of the Brownsville Community Improvement Corporation in Brownsville, Texas. I first came across Josh a few months ago on Twitter when I saw one of his tweets to Elon Musk describing the incredible work his organization had done in revitalizing downtown Brownsville. It was something like a 750% return on investment. I had no idea that in 2020, Josh was named the Young Economic Developer of the Year by the IEDC and one of DCI's 40 Under 40 in 2021. Josh is one of the brightest young economic developers I've ever met or had the pleasure of interacting with on Twitter. He obviously loves his hometown and the work he's doing for the community of Brownsville. Enjoy our conversation. Welcome back. I'm here with Josh Mejia, Executive Director of the Brownsville Community Improvement Corporation. Josh, welcome to the show. Thanks, Dane. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So I guess first off, what is the Brownsville Community Improvement Corporation and what is a community improvement corporation? So we are actually in the state of Texas a type B economic development organization. So we we handle a lot of the business recruitment, the community development, as well as the type B. A lot of the quality of life projects that we have down here are trail systems and parks, for example. And we also dive in uh, very deep, I would say, into entrepreneurship development down here. Gotcha. So does Brownsville have an EDC or are you guys it? We are the EDC. Perfect. That makes sense. Are there a lot of community improvement corporations or do you, you know, hang out with EDCs? Like how does that work? Well, we hang out with EDCs in our region, Fort County region. Uh, there's plenty of other type B economic development organizations throughout the state as well. Um, there's some cities that might have two. They'll have the type A, which is your, your traditional EDC that handles a lot of the industrial development. And then you also have a type B that might focus on small business development, quality of life projects, et cetera. So it's, it's very well diversified in the state. Obviously, the type B came after uh, through an amendment in our legislation. Uh, but it's been working out pretty well here in the city of Brownsville. Good. So for those who aren't in Texas, who aren't economic developers here, can you briefly describe the difference between the type A and the type B? Yeah. So the type A, traditionally speaking, uh, was tasked to incentivize primary employers into the area uh, in order to create primary jobs. Uh, through updates on the legislation that govern these organizations, uh, a type B was formed, which essentially can do everything a type A does, plus quality of life projects. Uh, there's a caveat to that. Uh, there is a little bit more oversight as to how to expend funds on a type B economic development organization, even though you do have that added flexibility to entertain other projects. Gotcha. Interesting. So it's basically an economic development corporation, do economic development um, projects, but you can also do community improvement with a few caveats. That makes That's sense. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Good. How long... 
how long have you been with the Brownsville Community Improvement Corporation? And, um, you know, how did you get into this? Well, I've been with the organization for a little over two years now. Um, I, I was intern for about six months, so I would say about two years and a half. Uh, you know, I've, I've been doing economic development for a little over four years now. Um, I worked with a government relations firm previously in the, in the DFW area before I came back down to my hometown. This is my hometown, by the way, in Brownsville, Texas. And at the same time, you know, I, I still extend myself through my consultancy firm, working closely with partners such as the IEDC, the Kauffman Foundation, to be able to promote um, up and coming trends in economic development that focus on entrepreneurship, small businesses. Um, it became a whole lot more relevant during 2020 that, that we needed to focus uh, some more resources into that. And it's, it's been a pleasant experience. Economic development is, is super rewarding, as you know, Dane. And um, yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's great to be able to collaborate with other folks as well. Uh, you brought up trends. What are, what are these trends that you're seeing? Uh, we're seeing a lot in diversifying our interpretation of what infrastructure is. So I think that was also made prevalent in 2020 when uh, the digital divide became a real issue. After everybody started working from home, students started learning from, from home as well. And so being able to implement economic development strategies around broadband initiatives, fiber initiatives, uh, it required a lot of um, huddling up to be able to determine what are some of those strategies that make economic development just that much more powerful when we talk about infrastructure. Um, another trend that has been going on for some time now is, is how as economic development professionals uh, how do we connect pieces together so that we can become facilitators or ecosystem builders that foster small businesses in our area that can become scalable, right? Um, so I, I was actually, you know, very, you know, thankful and privileged to be able to have the opportunity to develop some new uh, coursework material alongside other great partners through IEDC for their new uh, entrepreneurship-led economic development certification track. Uh, so that stuff is already available out there for those who want to to get that certification. Gotcha. And I guess for those who aren't familiar with that, can you describe that a little bit more, the, the entrepreneurial tract? Yeah, of course. So in, in the industry, at least in the U.S., um, we recognize the International Economic Development Council as sort of this uh, you know umbrella nonprofit that fosters and advocates for economic development nationwide, even internationally as well. And uh, they have uh, created in partnership with higher education institutions uh, what's commonly known as the Certified Economic Developer Certification or the CECD. And so they went ahead and partnered up with the Kauffman Foundation to be able to create a new certification track similar to that, that focuses on entrepreneurship-led economic development. And, and it really is there, you know, the program's designed to further enhance BRE programs, uh, to have a keen interest in including um, small businesses, entrepreneurs, startup, how do you, how do you help them grow and expand? Um, and, and really changes the perspective as to how to go about becoming uh, again, facilitators of change, right? Of positive economic changes in the community. That's pretty amazing. That's uh, that you've, that you've been able to have that, you know, that impact. So obviously you've, you've done something um, similar or you've had some experience doing something similar, probably there in Brownsville. You want to talk about that? Yeah. So we've, uh, 
you know, we've kind of used the community as a, as a national case study to be able to really identify how economic development organizations uh, can play a role on helping businesses that are either locally or entrepreneurs that are local or from outside who want to, to uh, come in and expand their operations in the community. And we've created a lot of different programs, and I'll just touch on a few, that have actually uh, received investment from the federal government, the U.S. Department of Commerce, because of its uh, innovative approaches and, and, and how they foster collaboration amongst a variety of partners. Uh, one of them is the, the eBridge Center, which is designed to be uh, a resource hub, an entrepreneurial center of sorts that consolidates all these foundational resources that entrepreneurs need to not only start their businesses, but also be able to address capital attainment, continued education, mentorship, and so on and so forth. And, and we were able to consolidate all of this uh, by bringing in seven unique stakeholders uh, that were already working on small business development here locally and regionally. And um, we ended up uh, building a 36,000 square foot building uh, to be the centralized hub for all these resources. Um, and on top of that, we also created an early stage funding program, which will now have a, an accelerator program within uh, to be able to, as, a, as an economic development organization, provide early stage funding for businesses that have been identified, have gone through the Pitch Academy to be able to have a clear pathway as to what scaling up means for them. So then we go in there and, and we provide that early stage funding, but our program is really coordinated by subject matter experts in that field. So we have folks like angel investors, VC investors, um, mentors that are guiding them through the process so that at the end of the tunnel, you know, they can have this early stage funding, but the investors themselves can also provide some additional resources, right? Whether that be more money, whether that be continued mentorship. Um, it's a very unique program that we've set up here for the past two years, and, and we're just making it better and better as we learn more from our community. So the IDC is actually giving money directly to these early stage entrepreneurs? No, the, the, um, our organization, our economic development organization, BCIC, is providing oh. the early stage funding. Gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. And is that a yeah. grant? Is that investment? Like, how does that play out? At the moment, it's a grant. Um, it's no more than twenty thousand dollars that we provide to a to a business. And uh, we've we've had a couple um, entrepreneurs, a couple of ventures that that have been recipients. One of them is a a. And this is going to sound like something out of a sci-fi movie, but they actually do GIS mapping in four D to be able to determine um, surfaces, the topography of surfaces and weather formations in the moon for lunar missions. Um, we have a lot of space activity now in our backyard thanks to SpaceX and uh, United Launch Alliance. So they were very interested in, in being in Brownsville and they took advantage of our program to be able to expand their, their engineering and software development here locally. Another company, um, which is more commonly you know, found in other communities, is in the textile industry. This uh, young entrepreneur has a Latina empowerment brand, lifestyle brand, and uh, she started making shirts, uh, you know, mugs and accessories that Hispanics, uh, female Hispanics would use. And uh, she blew up. I mean, just a couple of weeks ago, she shared a photo of us that uh, Eva Longoria from San Antonio, a uh, very famous actress, 
uh, became an ambassador of her brand. So she started buying some of her stuff and now she's promoting it on Instagram. And her uh, operations have grown so rapidly since we provided that early stage funding that she is now um, building out her small manufacturing site in her downtown to be able to continue feeding off to these new markets in Europe and in Latin America and the U.S. Um, and that's all happening here. So we, we've, we feel very comfortable in saying that our programming and our supports, our funding, all these resources that we know entrepreneurs need are, are generating these these viable case studies in, in the terms of economic development. That's fantastic. So for those of our listeners who aren't familiar, what, what, you know, describe what, what Brownsville's like, where it is, um, you know, what its population is, where, you know, geography, all that kind of stuff. So we are a border town. Uh, we are uh, literally, my office right now is maybe, six blocks away from three international bridges to Mexico. Um, we're also right next to, to the Gulf of Mexico. So we have Boca Chica Beach, where all these SpaceX activities are happening. Um, and we're about four hours away from San Antonio. So that's how deep south we are in the state of Texas. Um, our population is around 180. We'll see what those numbers look like once we get our census information. Uh, but I would say it's about 200,000 people in population, and we have about a million people in, right across the border um, in our sister city of Matamoros, Mexico. And so there's a lot of um, interplay and uh, economics that overlap amongst uh, the, the sister cities. So um, a lot of uh, history embedded in entrepreneurship. The, the office where I'm in now is actually a historical uh, home that was built in the late 1800s by a, a family of entrepreneurs that wanted to settle near the the river and be able to capitalize on that infrastructure. Gotcha. What uh, historically, well, yeah. Now, um, you know, you have SpaceX and United Launch Alliance and and all of that happening in that region. But what historically has been the chief industry there? The chief industries have been uh, transportation, trade logistics. Um, we do have manufacturing as well, since we do have uh, large manufacturers right across the border. Um, companies take advantage of, of a lot of the uh, manpower resources that are available on the other side of the border. And then we get some suppliers here, some distribution centers here. Um, that, that's been the prominent um, industries here in our area. We do have, um, talking about infrastructure, I feel like it's gearing towards that type of conversation, but we do have transportation by land, we have by rail, by maritime seaport. Um, we also now have uh, space as well through this private spaceport that SpaceX is, is developing. Um, and we also have a brand new $32 million airport. So we have transportation by air as well. Um, so we, we kind of piggyback on that historical uh, performance that we've had in these uh, transportation logistics industries. Gotcha. Um, what is the what kind of connection is there to, to Mexico transportation wise? Um, is it all truck traffic or is there rail? Yeah, there's a, uh, there's a brand new rail um, that was just dedicated back in, I would say 2014, 2013. It's called the West Road bridge. Um, we also have uh, pedestrian uh, bridges. Um, yeah. Passenger vehicles. We have a free trade bridge for the, the truckings. Uh, trucking companies that like to use those uh, means of transportation. The maritime seaport that we have uh, actually, I believe, is the, 
the Maritime Port Authority that currently has the most uh, publicly owned land in the entire U.S. And, and it, it also has a very unique nickname because Northern Mexico calls it the North Mexico Seaport because all of the industry that's, that's happening four hours away in Monterrey, they, they utilize that to be able to transport a lot of their goods externally. So it's much cheaper to go through that port than actually go around the, and, and meet the Panama Canal and then head out somewhere else. So um, it, it's, it's that type of synergy that we see from the economics that are happening across the border and over here. Gotcha. Um, you and I, we first connected because you tweeted something. You posted about um, Brownsville's big program. That, yeah. That's what we hashtag. Brownsville's, Brownsville's hashtag big program and how it revitalized downtown Brownsville with only $400,000 and created over $3 million in capital investment. So let's talk about <laughs> uh, downtown. What was, Bra- what was Brownsville's downtown like? <laughs> well, um, just like every, every member of the Texas community, they will tell you we have a historical downtown and <laughs> yeah, we have great living and, and uh, events and eateries and such. I mean, that's just a trait from right. From every that's Texas the cliche trait. Mm-hmm. That's the cliche trait. Yeah. So um, just like everybody else, you know, we have a, a historic downtown and for many, many years, you know, it's, 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 it's been, it has a life of its own. You know, it, it has historical buildings, some property owners that have received these properties as pass me downs generation after generation and they're just sitting there you know and and we had we recognized that we had a lot of history in our inner city uh, and this is not me just tooting our own horn I, I believe on paper we're the second most historic city in the state of texas after san antonio uh, just a lot of a lot of history civil war mexican history everything just kind of blended in in this uh, area of the border and so we recognized the problem that development was, was just, you know, it, it just had one challenge after another piling up and, and the, the monetary and uh, investment that was required to be able to get these buildings up to speed was, was starting to be substantial. And so when, when we came on board, um, you know, we saw downtown as an opportunity for us to really understand what it takes for an investor to, to make that commitment because even banks were starting to veer away from, from downtown investments. So we created a pilot program for three years and, and we only dedicated a, a small amount of funding, you know, about half a million dollars for it. And we addressed uh, through a lot of data and feedback collection of what was going on, a lot of stakeholder meetings with developers and bankers. We understood that there were some areas that were just a hindrance for, for a lot of these investors. That, that was in interior capital improvements exterior capital improvements that included facade renovations, signage was another one, and uh, rent subsidies. You know, and, and rent subsidy was allowing uh, the property owners and the tenants to be able to have additional improvements uh, that were obviously being leveraged by the incentive of rent subsidies. And so we, we went ahead and launched this program before you know, Elon Musk started making a fuzz about our downtown. And, um, and it was a huge hit. You know, we, we were the ones who redeveloped and revitalized our market square, which is the heart of our downtown. And uh, when we created this program, we saw about three blocks within that vicinity that all of a sudden, you know, properties were selling, um, development was happening, construction was happening, new businesses were, 
we're taking advantage of these properties and creating eateries and retailers. Uh, we have a, a awesome uh, pizza shop uh, downtown that actually uses a, um, a brick oven that was imported from Napoli and they have wine and, and eateries in there. Uh, a main street deli. We have an amazing cocktail bar. Uh, we started seeing mixed use development, which a lot of communities in the state of Texas, that's kind of what they hope for. And um, when we started making the calculations, we saw that from the a little over $400,000 that we allocated in this three-year pilot program, the total investments that we saw were above $3 million. And so I tweeted that as a response to um, Elon's tweet regarding $10 million that were going to be donated to the city of Brownsville for downtown revitalization. So what better way than to partner with an organization that has a great ROI already established. So, so that was my response to his tweet. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I mean, you, you, you put in a little bit of input and, uh, 750% <laughs> uh, output is, uh, is pretty good. I, I think yeah. that a, a lot of communities all over the country and, even the world would, you know, jump at the chance to partner with somebody like that. That that's what you need to package up and put in a box and sell. You know, that's elsewhere. right. Yeah, that's right. Wow. Yeah. So I think, uh, you know, and it's and it's not just a, a one organization uh, solution. You know, the city has also done their part in in improving their codes. Uh, they also created a, a full downtown tax increment reinvestment zone for public infrastructure. I mean, we're just building the what I call the perfect storm for continued development in downtown. And, um, and, and yeah, I think, um, you know, the methodology that we use in developing programs have really um, driven the success and the effectiveness of, of our organization to the community. Good. So how did you get into this? Like, how did you, what was your, you know, what was your background? What was your training? How did, how did you end up being the, you know, the executive director here? Like, how did that all, how did that play out? Is this what you always wanted to do with your life? No, <laughs> it wasn't. Um, back in back in college, uh, in the university, I, I was actually a pre-med student. I was hoping to get into neurology at some point of my career, but uh, I had some life changes. I switched majors to business administration, and I started working with a, a small business that, uh, in essence, was a marketing firm, but they would target the public sector. Uh, here locally. And so I, I got to see, you know, the hoops and hurdles of entrepreneurship from the the owners at the time. And uh, we were so successful at what we were doing with our private, with our public clients that um, we ended up growing into the DFW area. And ultimately the company was, was acquired by a much larger firm that focused on government relations and they wanted a marketing arm as well. And that's kind of where I started diving into to economic development because we started working with, with those types of departments um, and organizations because there is a little bit more government relations involved, working with folks in Austin, even working with folks in, across the border as well with our neighboring Mexican state. And, uh, and that actually took me back to the hometown that I'm in. We, we were working with the economic development organization at the time, and um, we, we did a lot of work for them during the announcement of SpaceX uh, when they first made that, you know, public announcement here that they had selected Brownsville, Texas as their next place. And so um, I saw an opportunity at a, 
at the Type B Economic Development Organization in Brownsville, and I told myself, well, you know, if, if they open up a position, I'll go ahead and apply. Um, wasn't really looking for a leadership position. I just kind of wanted to be the guy doing all the work in the background. And um, in 2016, they opened up a, a position for a small business development and marketing coordinator. And, and I took that job. I, I told my girlfriend at the time, hey, I'm coming back. Um, Let's go ahead and, and start triggering these plans to getting married, building a house, doing all these great things. So 2016, I, I got hired, built my home, got married, had my first daughter, and uh, everything seemed swell. And then, you know, fast forward a little bit, the prior director who hired me uh, took a job at her neighboring city as an ED for, for that economic development group. And uh, the board placed me as interim. Um, we kind of ramped up everything, added more fuel to the fire um, with the momentum that we were developing and, and the board felt comfortable during their search to offer me the position for one year um, as a rookie contract is what I call. And, uh, and we just kept on knocking balls out of the park, out of the park until we formalized a true economic development organization. And we started getting recognized and we started receiving funding from all these other places and uh and then i was offered my first professional <laughs> contract of four years and, and that's where i'm at now well that's fantastic congratulations on, on all of that i mean you've, you've had quite the quite the experience quite the journey bringing you back home um mm -hmm. so if our listeners would like to reach out and talk to you what's the best way to do that yeah they can go ahead and uh reach out to me at uh Jay Mejia, M-E-J-I-A, at bcic.us. They can follow me on Twitter as well, Josh Mejia TX. Um, I also have my, my personal email address, which is josh at mejiaandco.com, and that's through the consultancy firm that I have. I do a lot of pro bono work with different uh, communities in the nation. I think we've already started doing some more pro bono work in, in Latin America as well, because we, we do have some clients in Canada. And, and we focus on on entrepreneurship-led economic development and, and being able to address that in communities. And so, um, you know, again, I'm always open to, to helping anybody out. Um, I'm, I'm very thankful for all the help that I've received from great people like yourself. And, uh, and I just want to reciprocate that back. Absolutely. That's, that's fantastic. Before we go, um, what do you see, you know, looking forward, you're, mm -hmm. you're there on the border. Um, 2020 has been a, you know, an interesting year to say the least. Um, mm -hmm. I think that from my perspective uh, in the Texas Triangle, it looks like manufacturing is leaving China and it's going to end up in Mexico. And um, us in Texas, including Brownsville, we're all going to be a part of that. What is that what you see or what, what do you see? Um, so I actually had a, the similar conversation with uh, our good friend Richard Hyde from the UK consulate in Houston. Uh, we entertained a tour for him down here, uh, a virtual one actually in 2020. And, uh, you know, I think um, in all honesty, I think Mexico has the upper hand when it comes to USMCA. And uh, a lot of that uh, added competitiveness is going to help them recruit a lot of the manufacturing that is, is going to leave China. And, uh, and, and we're seeing that already. So I think uh, for us as uh, Mexico's uh, number one trading partner, I know it's U.S., but if you really want to look at the, at the numbers, it's true, it truly is Texas. 
uh, we're well positioned for us to be able to take advantage of our current infrastructure and just facilitate further development um, for these companies that are looking at setting themselves up in this pathway, right, um, in Texas. Um, a lot of, I've been promoting a lot of rail infrastructure that is needed in the state. Um, a lot of our highways need to be ready for this type of development. And even our mar maritime port also needs to proceed with our dredging projects to be able to handle a lot of the upcoming trade. Um, aside from that, um, I do see a lot of, of uh, increase in this privatization of space exploration that's happening nationwide. Um, you see the two richest men in the world um, competing against each other for the space race, right? And uh, thankfully for us, you know, we have Elon Musk um, in our community. And uh, what that's causing is that it's, it's validating the opportunities that have always been here. And so we see a, a direct connection between the Houston Galveston, all that whole Space Coast area, all the way down to, to Brownsville for just increased growth. And, you know, as we like to say here in Texas, you know, everything has to go big or go home. Um, I think our Space Coast is, is going to be substantially bigger and far more impactful, I believe, than the stuff that was being uh, led in the public sector, just because the doors of, of private investors is opening up. I think JP Morgan uh, calculated to be a, a little bit over $1.5 trillion in market share for just the space exploration sector. So um, we got to get ready for that, you know? <laughs> Absolutely, we do. Well, Josh, it's been great talking to you today. Um, thanks again, and uh, I'll talk to you again soon. Well, that's it. I hope that you enjoyed my conversation with Josh Meha. I hope that it was as fun for you to eavesdrop on it as it was for me to have it. Hopefully we can get Josh on again in the future. He seemed like a great guest. He seemed like a really knowledgeable guy. Like I said in the intro, he's definitely one of the smartest young economic developers I've had the pleasure of talking to. Reach out to him if he can be assistance to you. He gave his contact information earlier in the show, and I'll put it in the show notes. Thanks again for listening to the Econ Dev Show. I'll talk to you again soon. You've been listening to the Econ Dev Show with Dane Carlson. If you're an economic developer who never stops learning, for more expert strategies, fresh insights, and new ideas to take your career, organization, and your community to the next level, visit us on the web at econdevshow.com. 